to the Scott Harness Podcast. How is everybody? Man, what a great day to be hanging out with you guys. Listen, this is some crazy stuff that we're going through. You know, one of the things this week is this is going to be out of the ordinary. I'm just going to tell you right off the, the, the front end of this podcast. It's not going to be like a normal podcast we would do. You know, we have guests each week. We have topics we're going to go over. And this week's going to be a little different just because of the fact that no one could get here. Uh, Stephen and I are, are flying solo um, as we just try to, you know, put something together. We just didn't want to go another week not having a conversation with you guys. And so we got out and made our way here and, um, you know, sat down and said, look, let's let's figure out how we can produce something and, and throw it out there and just have a good conversation today. Speaking of which, I don't know if you've been out. Um, for those of us here in central Arkansas, we have gotten hit with an unprecedented winter weather thingy. Um, I don't even know how we process, you know, in Arkansas, we don't process winter weather. Well, um, it's not just our thing. And, um, my kids are loving it, but everybody else is going, what the heck? And, uh, I will say this, the road conditions are pretty treacherous. Um, there's not a single clear road anywhere, um, anywhere around central Arkansas. It's, it's, it's rough. It's rough. It really is. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. Let me say this, um, for those of you who are following along, it would be a huge help to us if you would like and subscribe, hit that bell, get notifications when we're going to drop our next podcast today. We're going to talk about a variety of topics. And uh, we're going to start off first. Let me talk to you about the road conditions, though. I was I was going to say this. Going to get Steven, I went to pick him up. I've got a big four-wheel drive truck. And uh, I was on my way to get him. And every time I would start down a road, there'd be a pile of cars in the middle of the road. I mean, just they just got to a point. They're like, that's it. We're not going any further. They just stopped, got out. And I guess they just, like, walked <laughs> home or something. I don't even know where they're at. And I'm like, okay, I can't make it that way. And I'd turn around and come back out and... I'd hit another road and there's another pile of cars and I'd hit another road and there's another pile of cars. And I was like, what the heck is going on? Finally got to, to Steven's house and, and they've had their pipes bust. I don't know how many of you are experiencing that. Um, but we've got, we've got pipes busted all over the place. We've got unprecedented temperature. I was talking to Steven driving. I said, let me ask you this question. Are you feeling like this? And maybe some of y'all are feeling this way. Are you just about tired of once in a lifetime events happening? You know, I mean, how many once in a lifetime events are we going to have happen to us, you know, in the next few months, like the last year or so? I mean, every time I look up, there's an event taking place, whether it's in our ecology, whether it's in our government or whether it's in our, you know, our health that, that you're just like, this has never happened before. I mean, absolutely craziness going on right now. So, I mean, it's just. I don't even know where to file everything. I don't even know where where we where we put it. But but y'all, this is some crazy stuff going on. It snowed. I I, I was speaking to Kendall. I said it snowed. It looks like we're somewhere like in Utah. I don't even know uh, what's happened. But but here we are. Um, it is treacherous. I'm gonna say if you if you don't have to get out, don't. Um, I don't know if y'all have heard the word, but I started getting notifications on my phone, emails, and so forth from the power company. Have y'all seen this? The power companies are saying that they don't have enough power to supply people with power during this time. They're worried about having to cr cut off critical services like people who have are on oxygen and things like that. And they're like, hey, everybody, you know, uh, turn off your hot. That, literally, they sent me an email. They said, turn off your hot water uh, tank. They said, you know, don't take any showers. Don't wash your clothes. Don't wash dishes or anything. Don't use any power that you, you know, don't need to absolutely essential. Um, don't do that at all. And I'm like, 
what has happened? Y'all, what has happened? How did we get to this place? How did we get to a place where we're, we're number one, in a blizzard? Number two, the power company says, oh, by the way, we didn't really think about everybody wanting to turn their heat on um, in the winter. So we don't know what to do about it. I, I don't even... I don't even know where to file that. Y'all, this is stuff you can't make up. This is stuff that's happening and that you just go, I don't even know how we got here. Well, what is, what the heck is going on? And I don't know. I don't know. And I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear some comments, what some of you, y'all are experiencing. I know some of you are going through some stuff. I I know right now we're, we're, we've been working with people that are dealing with sick family members. I know we're dealing with people that... Um, are going through some some incredible hardship. And we are going to talk about today, I'm going to talk to you about rejoicing here in a minute. I'm going to share with you some of the most important information I think you're going to have um, in the state of affairs that we're in right now. You need to know what I'm going to talk to you about. But let me give you a quick update. You know, I haven't been online for the last little bit, and let me tell you what happened. Um, a couple few weeks ago, Stacy went in for surgery. Um, the doctor saw some stuff on her ovaries. This is Stacy, my wife. Um, that they didn't like. They wanted it to really take everything out right off the bat, um, and they did. They did a biopsy of all of that. Um, all the lab work came back. Everything came back fantastic. She's got a she got a clear bill of health, and we were like, you know what? We're we're on the home stretch. This is going to be great. We've gotten through the surgery. My daughter Hope was scheduled for her surgery. She um, had surgery uh, that was scheduled for on her mouth, a bone graft she was going to have done, and so we were kind of getting tuned up for that. And I started getting a cough and I was like, you know, um, I've got this cough and I don't, I don't know, you know, uh, it's winter. I mean, I get a cough every year. It's not a big deal. I didn't think, but you know, with, in the state of affairs, like things are right now, you know, people are like, you know, you better be safe than sorry. So, um, I go to the, the local MediQuick, you know, place and I get a test done. And they're like, nah, you're, you're negative. You don't have the, the Rona. Um, you're good to go. But I did the rapid test and, and, you know, here's, what's crazy is that, you don't know what you need to know till after you know it. Does that make sense? But I, I didn't know exactly what the rapid test meant, and I didn't know that they that's not accurate, it's not a good idea, whatever. You know, I don't even know why they give them. You know, my doctor said the only reason why they do the rapid test or rapid test, not rabbit test, but rabid test, is um, just for money. He said it just it's like wrong constantly. So anyway, mine comes back negative. My the the lady comes in and says, Hey, look, you've got it just a cold. Don't worry about it. Literally, I go home that night in the middle of the night, y'all, I break out into a sweat and I'm like, something's wrong. I wake my wife up. I said, look, you need to get out of the room. Something ain't right. This, this thing ain't that I got something. And I think I got the Rona. And uh, so Stacy leaves the bedroom and uh, Kendall lets us know that he's got it. And uh, so we're like, uh oh, you know, we may be, we may be on the, the, uh, the Rona roller coaster here. And so from about day one, you know, I started having incredible headaches, y'all. I mean, headaches. Let me just let me back up and just preface this by saying that that one of the things about COVID that I've learned through this is that, by the way, I did have it. OK, so I did have it. Um, and what I've learned is, is that the worst thing that can happen to you is you can be you can have the expectations that it's not going to affect you. You know, I heard so many reports from people who are like, you know, yeah, I mean, I had it asymptomatic. It's no big deal. It was like a bad sinus infection. You know, I just felt bad for a day or two or whatever. Um, Y'all, if that's your expectation and it, and it and it's worse, it's really hard on you. Um, for me, mine was like the flu. So for about the first five to seven days of COVID for me um, was like a, a, a flu. I mean, I had 
real bad body aches. Um, I had migraine headaches. I mean, migraine-like headaches, which made me nauseated. And I don't know if you're like me, but I would rather take a beating in the front yard from a gang of men um, than get sick to my stomach. And uh, so I'm sick to my stomach. Um, it's about five, six days in. Stacy gets it. Um, Lainey, my daughter, gets it. Um, so in our house, we're trying to quarantine, you know, get, trying to get away from each other. And how do we do that? Triple maskings. Okay, now everybody that's sick is on this side of the house. Everybody that's not sick needs to be over here. My daughter, Hope, gets it. And we have to cancel her surgery. So, so that's what we've been going through. Um, for me, about day number eight or nine, maybe 10, after I talked to my doctor a couple of times, I began to realize that, you know, every day I'm waking up, I'm still not feeling good. Super exhausted, run down, no energy. Uh, my lungs feel like they're on fire. Um, I, we checked my pulse ox and that stuff was still good, but I'm just going to say this. It, it wasn't what I expected. You know, had I expected flu-like symptoms, then I, this wouldn't have bothered me as much, but it bothered me a lot because I didn't really think that this is what it was going to be like. And it was, it was bad. Um, so, so I was sick, w did my 10 days. Um, and then, you know, I haven't had symptoms for a number of days, but I still feel the fatigue. In fact, I've talked to several people that said, look, you're going to feel that way for a while. So that's kind of where we are. Um, and then we hit this weather event. And so the moment that we start to find some relief from the COVID, um, the, it, we start, you know, blizzard, snow apocalypse, whatever. And, um, so here's where we are with that thing. And so it's just been one of those past several months that, you know, my expectation was 2021 was going to be a little better, but it hasn't been. I don't know if you guys are experiencing the same thing. I want to say all that, and I want to kind of segue into some stuff uh, for this reason, that at about seven, eight, nine, ten days into this COVID thing, where I was expecting that it would be nothing to it, but it was super dehabilitating because of these incredible crushing headaches, um, this fever that was coming in and out, um, my body that just was absolutely exhausted. I felt like I could sleep all the time. My lungs didn't feel good. Um, there was a point where I felt better one day and I thought, praise God, you know what? I'm fixing to feel better. This thing's going to be gone. I can move on. Y'all, by the way, I'd lost 12 pounds. So, I mean, it's, it's a heck of a diet plan, but I wouldn't recommend it. Um, and so at about, like I say, day nine or so, I was fully expecting that I was going to get better and feel better. And I did feel better for one day. And then it came right back and it was like day one again. And y'all, I almost, almost got depressed. I mean, I was like, I, this is crazy. You got to be kidding me. At no point, I want to be clear, at no point did I feel like I was going to die. I didn't feel like I needed to be on a respirator. I never felt like I needed to be hospitalized. Nothing like that. So I want to be clear. It wasn't anything like that. But it just, you didn't feel good. I just felt like I had the flu. And, and you know, I really expected not to feel bad at all. So, um, but I did. And it, it was it was a tough tough little season there. And so I just say that to say this, for those of you who are going through Corona, if you've been through it or going through it, man, you know what? I, I kind of understand where you're coming from and I'm, I'm empathizing with you and I want to pray for you because you know, it's a, it's a stinky deal um, going through this thing and it's, it's not really any fun. And we had tons of staff members, y'all that, that have had it, you know, we, it just sort of hit our church from all different angles for a little bit. And, and uh, we're on the other side of it now. And um, I've, I feel really good about where we are and what's going on. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast. I want to talk to you about it, but I did want to say this for those of you who are going through struggles right now, I can relate to the feeling of somewhat feeling isolated, feeling like, wow, this thing doesn't want to let go. 
Um, you know, it just feels like that this, the, the past several months, maybe the past year, it feels like that we get hit with one thing right after another, after another, after another, after another. And to be quite honest with you, it's debilitating. And I don't know if you're feeling like that, but I just want you to know that you're not alone. Um, I think all of us are going through some of that, some of that sort of feeling that it's just a lot of junk going on. So I want to share with you a thought and I want us to walk through some stuff together because um, last night I watched a, um, it was sort of a service uh, that Ed and Lisa Young produced. Uh, Ed Young is the senior pastor of a church called Fellowship Church. It's in um, Grapevine, Texas. And um, I, I met Ed um, through a conference that he put on and still does called C3 Conference. Ed's probably one of the most creative um, pastors that I'd ever met. Um, they welcomed us into their church and and really just gave us a tour of it. And we got a chance to talk to Ed and his family and and, um, you know, we've, we've been going to conferences there. I don't want to paint the picture that Ed and I are buddies. It's not like that at all. I was a part of a, you know, a pastor's conference and we got a chance to go to his church and, and they just opened, you know, opened it up to all of us. Um, about a week ago, Ed's daughter, Lee Beth, um, passed away. Um, she was incredibly young, 34, I think is her, was her age. And I listened to Ed and Lisa Young unpack the pain that they are going through and the hope that they have with the loss of their daughter. And uh, um, I'm just going to be honest with you. Last night as I l listened to, to Lisa and Ed talk, I was just moved with emotion. Um, I was moved with pain. I was moved with, there, There's. I think there's one thing that's happening with all the stuff that's going on around us. There's this one thing that I, I see a lot of division and people trying to find a, a way to not connect with other people. But the one thing that I keep seeing, and I think that if you've got clarity, you'll see it too, we're all united in our humanity. Um, we're all going through things. And, and, and there's no doubt that there's some differences of opinions and ideas. And I know there's political differences and all this other stuff. But the one thing that this adversity that so many of us are facing right now should do if, above all else is it should unite us in our humanity. Um, there's a sense in my world, and maybe yours too, that um, we're not in control. And, and, and I know we, we could say that, and I would have told you that, and we'd preach that, we'd talk about that. We're not in control. We, we go through things, and, and, and when we go through things, we're just reminded that, you know, we're not God, and we know that. But, but there's these times where it is so apparent that we're not in control that I feel like that we just sort of wake up. I think there's these moments where we just wake up and go, man, stuff is tough. And um, yesterday I got a, a, a text message from a lady in our church. Her son had just had a seizure. And she was like, I don't know what to do. And they're trying to figure out what to do with this, this young man. And, and he lost consciousness. You know how scary that is, y'all? That is horrifying. But it's in these moments that I think we're just reminded that that how much we don't have control and we don't like that feeling we like to to believe that there's not a single medical problem that we don't have technology to overcome we like to feel like that there's not a single political you know opposition that we can't you know overcome or, or a weather event or or whatever we we really i think in a lot of sense we find our peace when we believe that we are able to to take care of and overcome whatever we're facing. But I think a lot of us right now are facing a lot of things that we just can't overcome. 
and we don't have answers for them. You know, when I talk to my doctor um, about the COVID thing, I don't know that I remember talking to my doctor before and me going, hey, what do I need to do? And I know that there's these supplements and I've been taking supplements. And, all. and he's like, there's really nothing we can do. We can treat some of the symptoms. That's all. I said, there's not anything to kind of, you know, shorten the length of it. He said, there's nothing we can do. Nothing, nothing. That's a weird thing, y'all. You know, it, there's this place where you kind of lull yourself into believing, hey, you know what? Medical sciences can, can handle this. I mean, how, what year is this? You know, we're, we're well past the, 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 the bubonic plague. We're past, you know, smallpox. This is, this is a new, but we're not, are we? We're still, we still exist in our finite humanity. And, and I think the moment that you and I start coming to grips with that, it makes us grapple with the most important question that we ask. And here's that question. Where's God in this? And how, how do I depend on God? And how do I trust God? Because the truth is, I can't trust myself. I can't trust the systems and processes. I can't trust the powers that be because none of us have the power to, to handle what's going on and what we're facing. And so... Um, that brings me just to a story that I want to share with you, and I want you to consider this for a second. As I listened to to Ed and and Lisa talk about their daughter, and I listened to their pain that they went through, um, two faithful, really faithful people serving God, and and um, they're facing. There's nothing more painful than the loss of a child. I mean, God's demonstration of his, of the greatest act of love towards humanity was demonstrated by a father giving up his son, God giving his son, Jesus for us. And so, so we know that this is, it is the, it's, it's the greatest pain you're going to go through. And that's what they're going through. And I listened to them talk and, and I just thought how powerful it is, the pain that they're going through and, and my empathy for them as they were so vulnerable and, you know, there, you were helpless to be able to um, relieve their pain. But at the same time, they would constantly walk into this one expression and they would say, but we have our hope found in Christ. But, but our, make no mistake, our hope is in Jesus and how we're going through this pain that we can't even put into words, how we're going through that and processing this is that we still have this abiding hope in Christ. And this hope is seeing us through. And I was like, so important. It's so important because we're all facing things that we have to embrace this one reality. We're facing things that we can't fix, that we can't stop, overcome. We're facing things that we need God's help in. Um, it's huge. And so um, it was September 24th, 1939, in a place called Glen Afton, New Zealand. The Glen Afton mine had experienced a fire the Friday prior to this particular Sunday. And a guy named Christopher Blackburn and 10 other mine workers were about to go into the mine shaft and see if the, the, if the fire had, was, was out. They were pretty sure that it was out. And they wanted to check it because that following Monday, um, the crews would be coming in and they'd be back working in the mine again. What um, Christopher didn't realize, nor the other mine workers realize, is that they would never come out of that mine shaft again. They would, they would go in there in that mine and they would suffocate there. Um, they, were, they were killed by an invisible, odorless gas, carbon monoxide, and they all died in there. 
Now, subsequently, other mine workers would come and actually bring their bodies out, and they would actually clear the mine. But but they did something different than what Christopher and, and his team didn't do. They did something that was unique. Um, they brought with them an alarm system. And what they did was, is they brought in cages, they brought canaries with them to go down into the mine shaft. See, canaries, the, the fast metabolism of a canary, the fast heart rate and the fast um, respiration rate of a canary lets them be a perfect alarm system when something's wrong. Um, the canaries, when they stopped singing or when the canary would fall from its perch, the mine workers knew the air wasn't good and they would make a run for the, the exit they had to get out. See, the canaries were the alarm system. The canaries opened the mine workers' eyes that something's wrong here. You may not be able to see it. You may not be able to smell it. You may not be able to, to experience it or feel it with any of your senses, but something's wrong and the canary's letting you know that. I believe that, that God has given you an eye um, an early warning system that something's wrong with our experience with God, that something's wrong with, with what we're understanding about God. And it's, it's hugely important. Um, and what I believe is that is, is one word, it's, it's the word rejoice. And I want to walk into it a little bit and I want you and I to maybe together unpack this because I feel like that when we go through stuff and we're all going through stuff, we need to know what do we need to do? What do I do when things are out of my control? What, what do I do when I'm faced with overwhelming hurt? What do I do when, when my world doesn't look the way that I thought it was going to look? What do I do? Where do I, where do I file that? Where do I put that? And um, I'm going to read one verse to you, and I want you to listen to this verse. It's a huge verse. Philippians chapter 3. Paul writes this. He says, whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Okay, rejoice in the Lord. Not a word we use very often, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord, he says. He says, I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. It's a peculiar verse. Listen to what he says. He said, whatever happens, brothers and sisters, so he's saying people in the faith, whatever happens, for those of us in the faith, rejoice in the Lord. Now, Joy and rejoice are two different things. Rejoicing is the revisiting of the origins of our joy. Paul's saying you need to keep going back to what is the real origin of your, of your joy. See, for me, when I was sick, the origin of my joy wasn't my health. The origin of my joy was that I was in God's hands. And see, sometimes we find ourselves in great pain like Lisa and Ed. And, and Lisa and Ed, was, was their joy based on their daughter not ever passing away? And, and the answer to that's no. No, their joy was that their daughter and themselves are in the hands of an almighty God. And for, for you and I who, who are finding ourselves maybe in the mind shaft of life, not realizing that we're asphyxiating, not, not knowing that this, this toxic gas of pain and fear and anxiety is, is suffocating us. We don't even know that it's happening to us until it's too late. We need to know that when our rejoicing, that practicing of going back to where our joy comes from, when we stop that practice our faith's in jeopardy. That, that's what Paul says. He said, whatever happens to your brothers and sisters, he says, rejoice in the Lord. He said, I never get tired of telling you these things. And he says, and I do it to safeguard your faith. He's saying that your faith is in jeopardy when you and I don't consistently find ourselves going back to where does my joy come from? Where does it come from? 
Because I think along the way, life has a way of just absolutely causing us to get distracted and, and forget what's really important. You know, it's kind of like the grocery store. Um, I don't know if you've ever done this before. I know I have on more than one occasion. You go to the grocery store and and you're there to, you know, to pick up three or four different things, but you get in there and the little, you know, the little in aisle advertisements are there and the little, you know, the little, you know, sale item. Oh, and then there's that really cool box of, you know, hamburger helper that, you know, you're like, that would be good. And the next thing you know, you've got a shopping cart full of stuff. And when you get home, you find that, well, the one thing you went after, you forgot. You got everything else. You got $250 worth of stuff that you didn't really need in the first place. But the one thing you need, you don't have, and you're going to need to go back. So, so why, why is it like that? Well, because stores are designed to confuse you that way. You know, the, the people who put that grocery store together, they don't want you just coming in and getting your milk and bread and leaving. They want you to come in and, and get all the other stuff. They want you to get the extra things. The only way that you make sure that you got what you needed to get was if you stick to the list. In life, I think life is confusing like that. I think there's times where if we were taking a faith test and we were writing things down, we'd say, oh, you know, my gosh, man, um, you know, my joy comes from the Lord. Yes, you'd get that one right. But in practice, your joy really comes from the fact that you just got a promotion or your joy comes from the fact that you've got money in the bank finally or your joy comes from the fact that you can finally have insurance or or your joy comes from the fact that nobody's sick right now or maybe your joy comes from the fact that um, you were able to get to work today. Um, and and along the way, we might lose our, our sense of where did our joy really come from. And when those things that we begin to lean into, the things that begin to supply for us, joy, when they begin to fail, we find ourselves really crumbling under that pressure. We find us overwhelmed by the anxiety and fear and, and other things. And sometimes it's not good things that we're leaning into. Um, I was reading a study because this Sunday we're going to talk about sexual bondage. And, um, you know, it's unbelievable how much we depend on so many different bad things, drugs, alcohol. Uh, Jimmy McGill, this uh, weekend, uh, not this past weekend, weekend before, spoke in our church. And Jimmy is is a huge um, help in the recovery community. And, and one of the things that Jimmy talked about was that, you know, even though the economy shut down and even though people shut down and even though with, with the COVID thing going on, everything kind of shut down, he said, but, but addiction didn't. And he's right. And it's rampant because it's in times like this when we feel pressure and stress that we want to use more. And it's not just drugs and alcohol, it's pornography. And we're going to talk about the sexual bondage, you know, in our community and how big a deal that that is. But, but Paul says, he says, if, if, you're, if you're really going to understand the atmosphere that you're working in, if you're going to get through these times where things are really tough because we're just getting hit left and right with things that are unprecedented, we're getting hit left and right with, with problems. And you know what? Some of us are beginning to believe that, you know what, this is the new norm. The new norm is, is that crazy radical things are going to constantly be going on. There's going to constantly be a, something else stirring the pot, some other problem that's coming. And when we settle into that reality, sometimes it just sort of erodes away our joy if we don't know where our joy comes from. Paul says it this way. He said, whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Where's the source of my joy coming from? Well, the source of my joy is in the Lord. That's, that's where it's got to come from. It's got to come from me. I've got to go back to that. And so how do, I, how do I practice that? How do I practice that? You know, a few things. Number one is that I need to realize that, that number one, God really loves me. In Christ, He loves me. He loves me. He really does. The old, 
messed up, broken me. He accepts me. That's a, that's a crazy... Have you ever thought about how God accepts you? You're accepted in Christ. Think, think about it for a second. You're accepted in Him. That means the, the, the parts that no one else knows about, the parts that, that you would be embarrassed if, if the whole world knew, God already knows, and He accepts you. And then He loves you. You know, Not only does He accept you, but He loves you. Love is sacrificial. There's things God did so that He could have a relationship with you. He came and took your place and died for you so that you could have a relationship with Him. So, so God, God, when we find our, our rejoicing in the Lord, when we're inventorying where the source of our joy comes from, is I'm accepted by God and I'm loved by God. These are big deals. Now, I'm received by God. That means I'm under His protection. I may not understand all the circumstances that are happening right now. I may not understand how this story is going to end, but I'm in His control. I belong to Him. How important is that? It's huge because the world's turbulent. The, 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 the life we live is tur- crazy stuff going on. Um, but I'm His. I belong to Him. And Paul says it this way. He says, I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. In, in other words, the moment that you're rejoicing, that going back to where did your joy come from, the moment I stop that practice, the moment I stop doing that, my faith is in jeopardy. And I think a lot of us right now, our faith's in jeopardy. Our faith is weaker than it's ever been. Why? Because we stopped going back to where is the source of my joy? Where's the source of my peace? Where is the source of my strength? And I have to go constantly go back I belong to the Lord. I'm forgiven. I have a future. I have a purpose. God's in control. Death is not the final story. Even with Lisa and Ed, when I, when I see their story and when I hear them talk, the one thing that sticks out to me that, that just stood out last night as I listened to them as they spoke was that they still found this incredible strength in the truth that they know where, they know where their daughter is. She's not lost. She's home. And that's because of God, you know, and that's because of his promises. And, and that's hugely, 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 hugely important. You know what the shortest verse is in the New Testament? I know some of you would say John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. No, it's not. That's the shortest English verse in the New Testament. The shortest verse in the New Testament in the Greek is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. You know what it says? Rejoice always. Yeah. So rejoice always. So in other words, no matter what circumstance you're in, go back to the origins of where your joy comes from. Keep going back to those place, that place. Where does your joy come from? It comes from who you are in Christ. It comes from what plan Christ has for your life and your eternity. It's going constantly going back to that, how important that is. You know, over the next several weeks, we're going to have some really cool stuff coming up. Um, we have Paul Loyalist from Compassion International. Um, he's going to be with us in a week or two. Um, we have Dr. Joe Murfield's going to do a call in with us and we're going to talk about some health issues and stuff like that. Um, we're going to talk about the power of habit. How many of you have a hard time making habits stick? Um, but we're going to have some really cool interviews. We're going to have some really cool stuff that we're going to talk to some people about. And, uh, I think you're going to enjoy some of those. Here's what my prayer is with all that's going on. I'm praying that maybe you can can start practicing and make sure that you're practicing rejoicing. That way that you don't find yourself in that mind shaft of asphyxiating gas that's just killing your life, where, where you just find yourself in this world of fear and anxiety, and you're not seeing where the real joy and peace is coming from in the Lord. So I just pray that you'll, I pray that you'll find that. I pray that you'll 
go back to where does my joy come from? That practice is one of the most important faith practices that you and I can participate in. It really is. So, so here's what I want to do for you. I want to pray for you. And uh, we're going to end this podcast here. And I want to hear from you. I'm going to be answering some some um, some comments and stuff along the way. So I'd love to hear from you. Again, like and subscribe. Um, let's keep. We're going to keep trying to put content out there. And and uh, we will see you guys next week. Let me pray for you right now, Father. Thank you for how good you are to us. Thank you for the love that you've shown us in Jesus. I pray, Lord, that as we consider the practice of rejoicing, that Lord, we'll just think that through and just just realize how important that it is in this atmosphere that it's really easy for us to suffocate under the pressure and the fear and the pain of the moment. Um, But God, when we go back to the origins of where our joy comes from, it is in you, it is in your promises, it is in your purpose. Um, We can passionately, God, celebrate every single day, no matter what we face or what we see. Lord, we love you and thank you for everything, God. I pray for each person, God, who's tuned in. I pray for the people that are going through some stuff. I pray for the people who are suffering busted pipes and and this difficult weather. And I pray for the people who are sick. Um, Father, I pray that they might know, Lord, that you love them. God, I pray that they will practice rejoicing even in the middle of their trouble because, God, it is what safeguards our faith. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for all things, God. We offer this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys.